Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics, a podcast dedicated to exploring how things get places and the people who get them there. We'll talk with logistics and supply chain leaders about innovation, industry trends, and the future of the logistics business. Now, here's your host, Joe Lynch. Hello, friends. Welcome to the Logistics of Logistics podcast. My name is Joe Lynch. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today's topic is the competitive advantage with my friend David Bell and Peter Rentschler. How's it going, guys? Good. Very yeah, good. great to be on. So, David Bell, please introduce yourself and your company where you're calling from today. David Bell, calling with Lean Solutions Group, Nearshore Service Provider, the pioneers of nearshoring and logistics. Yep. And what do you do over there? I'm an advisor, more strategic level, Joe. I'm kind of at the high level. I'm advisor to the board, to the management team kind of semi-retired. I have three sons that work at the company too. So I kind of just hear more as a mentor and advisor. So you're one of the founders, right? Yeah, one of the founder, original founders. Yes. I'd have that tattooed on my head if that was, nah. uh, <laughs> that was me. A lot of people helped us be successful. So, yep. So David, what do you, what is, what is, uh, what does Lean Solutions Group do? We're, I mean, for those that don't know, we're a near shore service provider in Latin America, provide back office and logistics, employee solutions, staff augmentation, tech staff augmentation, primarily in the transportation logistics industry. So you do a lot of back office stuff, you do a lot of sales stuff, a lot of tech stuff, and I'm sure I'm missing some stuff. How many logistics and transportation companies do you work with? Currently over 400. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. 19 publicly traded companies now. Um, I think we're working with like 17 of the top 20 just incredible i mean it's it's humbling what we've been able to do and and you know what our customers have supported us like it's crazy it's it's amazing how many back to, i talk to people every day on my podcast and when i asked do you work with lean everyone says yeah i work with lean it comes up i bet once a week on my podcast well yeah we have people in lean so it is well, it's helpful too because guys like Peter have promoted us all the, all these years, like great people and credibility in the industry. And, you know, Peter's been a supporter of us for four years now, four or five years. And like, and you know, that's why we finally got our partnership together and said, let's just, now we're ready. Let's go win together. Yeah. So it's all about the support of everybody. We will talk about that. We will talk about that in a minute. Peter, please introduce yourself and your company, where you're calling from and tell us a little bit about your company. Yeah. Thanks for the, thanks for the intro and for having me on and thanks for the kind words. David. Yeah. So I'm the CEO of, of Metaphora. We do growth consulting and custom development for logistics, trucking, and supply chain businesses. And I'm calling in from Boulder, Colorado. And I, I, I like to think that we're in the business of helping other people do great things. When, when we work with our customers, we help them accomplish their growth objectives and, and ultimately drive more money to the to the bottom line, our, our customers typically see a five to 25% increase in EBITDA after working with us. Yep. And you guys have had a, the explosive growth. So many consulting, I look at you as a consulting company. I'm sure you do much more than that. It's, it's such a big catch-all, but so many companies say, oh, I'm a consultant. So many people say I'm a consultant. And usually it's one or two guys. By the way, I've done that before. I've been a consultant and, and you got one guy, maybe a partner. You guys have a ton of guys now. <laughs> Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've been we've been really, really fortunate that we have a lot of great customers like David that that have trusted us with their business. And and a lot of that has been the result of us bringing on really great team. And, and you know, my my background, I worked at, a, at, at a Accenture, the big consulting firm, had a kind of a mediocre I, I had a really great experience, but didn't like how they staff teams 
particularly without without expertise. And that's really our differentiator is we have folks like right. me that come from traditional consulting backgrounds. We have folks like my colleagues, Ryan and Adam and Rush and Robert and others that have spent 10, 15, 20 years in the industry. And then we have folks that have been building, building software for 20 plus years. And so we combine all of those to really great actionable recommendations that are, that are rooted in, 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 in kind of the real experience and challenges that, that transportation and logistics and supply chain businesses face. Yep. And so today's topic is the competitive advantage with my friend, David Bell and Peter Rentschler. What's interesting is I do a lot of podcasts and sometimes you, uh, people select a topic and you go, well, are you, are you the one we should even be talking to about this topic? Right. Have you done it? Do you have the expertise? Do you have the experience? You guys have grown two sensational businesses. By the way, I should also say, Peter, you didn't say Metaphora, formerly Carrier Direct. So a lot of people might still not know you guys changed your name. These are two guys who have grown companies very rapidly. I think, David, I think you guys are on the Inc. 5,000 every year now, right? <laughs> I mean, so when somebody says, I, I know the competitive advantage, you go, oh, what have you done? These two guys, they've been there, done that, got the hat. So let's talk a little bit about it. And then I want to talk, I know you guys have a partnership. We want to talk about that. Maybe we should do that first. David, why don't you tell us what your partnership is with Metaphor? Sure. Happy to do that. One is we're very excited about the partnership. Uh, as I said in the beginning, Peter and I and his team, Ryan, have been have been talking and collaborating for years. We just never formalized it into, into a formal partnership. And what we've done is we have, you know, as I told you earlier, we had over 400 clients and we probably have 200 of them ha have less than 10 people with us. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to bring in Metaphora to help create a scale plan and create a, a vehicle in which our clients who don't have the bandwidth and, and you know, the ability to focus their energy on moving, moving to a near shore plan, bringing in Metaphora as our, logis as our logistics consulting arm to come in and, and give them that plan so we can help them. And if we could take 200 plus customers with 10 people or less and get them to be 20 or 30 people, it's a win. It's a huge win for us. It's a huge win for our clients because every body they put, every 10 bodies is $200,000 right to EBITDA to the bottom line. Oh, and yeah. it's great for Metaphora because they're able to get in and create that relationship with us and our customers and then add on the other consulting support these customers need and help to scale and have that plan and have that exit strategy or whatever their, you know, their, their company mission is. Excellent. Peter, so tell you, how are you leveraging this relationship? What does this relationship with Lean mean to you? Yeah. I mean, you know, as David mentioned, Lean, Lean Solutions has built incredible reach in the industry, you know, and there are a lot of customers that are underutilizing their services. And, and I want to be clear that, from my perspective, like starting to use a nearshoring partner doesn't mean that you're firing Mary in accounting. What that means is that Mary in accounting that's currently doing low value add data entry, you know, that job can be can be moved nearshore. And then you can have Mary focus on a higher value value add activity with your business. And that's where we come in. We what we've been able to do is we can come in and look at a company over the course of a week and say, hey, these are areas of your business that we think could really benefit from using some nearshoring support. Here's what the revised processes would look like. And then we help them actually do that. We help them drive the change. We, train, we help train the new Lean Solutions folks. We help train the other, the other folks from your company that are moving into new positions or roles. 
And so for us, it's been incredibly valuable because, you know, Lean has brought us into a lot of accounts where they have established credibility, you know, and then what we get out of it is we get the ability to, ha- to continue helping, you know, drive our mission forward, which is really help- helping this industry move forward and helping companies in the space run their businesses better. Yep. And before we hit record, we were talking about this, we almost called this something about a partnership or the, uh, the right partnership. And we are talking about, you know, to be successful in this business and this competitive advantage you're talking about, you need to go out and get tech partners. Is it the total solution to your business? Probably not. You also probably need to get carrier partners if you're a broker, right? We, ne- we also need staffing partners, solution group, Lean Solutions Group is a perfect example. And, and you mentioned uh, having a vision before we hit record, Peter. Some companies say, hey, we're growing, but w- do we know where we're going? Do we know what the plan is? Are we exiting in five years or are we going to scale it in over the next 20? So I think increasingly there's resources out there. There's partners out there that you can get with to grow your business, whether you're in warehousing and fulfillment or over the road transportation or technology, it doesn't matter. You're going to need partners. And I think this is just what the industry's become. Partner up. <laughs> yeah, I think that the space has become a lot more collaborative. And it's because, you know, I mean, it's a, it's a cheesy line and I hate to say it, but I mean, I, I think like lean and metaphor is a situation where one plus one equals three. Like both of us have been able to deliver tremendous value to our clients independently but but when we work together on on a on a business like that that business is in a better position than their peers w- without right. a doubt and that's I, I I think what's been really exciting for me that I've the shift that I've seen over the last you know five or seven years in the industry is that I think that this this space has always been very collaborative but as the market gets more competitive I think I think companies are recognizing that. That, that they that they need help and that there are ways to run their businesses better and that's where that's where metaphor and lean solutions really come into play yep so when we we talked about if you want a competitive advantage these are a few areas where it comes from so let's first talk about vision David why don't you talk a little about vision and then I want to get your two cents on it too Peter yeah I mean I think vision is like important I mean it's the mission statement of the company it's what are you doing where are you going and you know, since Peter's thrown out cliche statements to say, if you've failed a plan, you plan to fail. <laughs> so yes. what's, your, what's your plan? <laughs> you know, what are you doing? Where are you going? How, how are you getting there? Is your team all in, in tune and in line with the plan and having that vision? You know, I think I think great visionaries always end up doing great. They have stumble along the way and have have failures and failures and failures. And then, you know, then next thing you know, they have success because they, they believe what they see. I've always been a big believer in vision something, feel it, believe it, and it comes true. My whole life, I've taught my kids that, everybody know, if I really believe something's going to happen, it just does. Like, it's that simple. So, and it has to be organic, genuine belief. It can't be, oh, I believe I'm going to be rich. Okay, where is it? You know what I'm saying? You have to really believe. And I remember when I was, you know, 16 years old working at a car wash and the, and the Lexus is where the great cars back then. I'm driving the Lexus pretending it's mine. You know, when I'm when I was driving a Honda Accord and the Honda sign, I used to pretend it was a Mercedes sign. So, you know what I'm saying? Like, I just believed everything like I wanted to do. When I looked at my Timex, I pretended it was a Rolex. And, and, and you know, material things. When I had kids, I, you know, I envisioned what they're going to do when they're 18, 20, 25 and where I would be, what I would do for them. And here I am delivered that and accomplished it because I just believed it and knew how things are going to end up. And, you know, that's the power of the mind and, and the spirit. If you really believe it and it's true, it happens. Well, I think what's nice about that is you guys had a vision for Lean Solutions Group. 
And it wasn't just your vision. It was the vision that you, you breathed into a whole industry, really, because we have seven, 8,000 employees now. Well, it's a funny, a quick little snippet on that is when we started, I told Robert, you know, my partner, and I, I wish he could have been on here too, because like, there's no lean without him. And he He's said, you know, when I told him we were going to get to 10,000 employees for two years, he looked at me like I was crazy. Like it'll never happen. I don't know why you keep saying that. I'm like, Robert, I say it because I believe it and it's going to happen. And then in a member, I think it was like 18. I said, next year is going to be the year we get to a thousand employees. And he's like, we'll be lucky if we get 600. I'm like, Robert, we won't. I'm arguing with Downing <laughs> and Robert on our projections. I'm like a thousand. He's like 600. I'm like, fine, 600. We ended up putting on 1300 people that year. Yeah. And so now when we did that, he's like, okay, I believe you 10,000. Now I'm saying 25,000. And our new, <laughs> our new CFO, Joaquin's like, keep saying 25,000 because I think that's where we'll be in three to four years. We'll have 25,000 employees and we'll have them not only in Colombia, Guatemala, and the Philippines, which we just opened. So, you know, I think believing it. And now Robert absolutely believes. And every since he's believed, like it just, our growth is incredible. If you get the team and everybody to buy into that belief, I mean, you can do anything. I've had lots of founders on my podcast, and it it's it seems as if they all say something along the lines of, it's one thing to get a, your own vision, and we all have our own vision of what, what today and tomorrow is going to bring, but then to align a team around it and convince them and believe in it enough that they can convince people this is feasible, here's how we're going to do it, and maybe not even know how you're going to do it, but Anyway, you never know exactly how you're going to do it, but you just know you're going to do it with your heart and soul. And and people see that conviction and they buy into it. And once they buy into it and prove it, they're done. Like they believe and you're going to get everything, everything you want out of them in that belief. Right. So if I said, I have this vision, but I don't know how to get there. I just call Peter and say, Peter, I have this vision. So <laughs> Peter, what do I need to do to talk about that vision? Well, these are, I mean, you know, it's, I think this is where this is a good example of where our companies are complementary and, and, and even like the ideals and how we think about it. Like, I, I agree that vision is incredibly important. And also, you know, I'm with David on if you, you know, f- failing to plan is planning to fail. And what a lot of pe- what a lot of our clients and folks in the space we've seen kind of don't quite understand is, is how much the vision and your plans for the business impact decisions you're making today. So if your vision is to build a billion dollar freight brokerage over or a or a hundred million dollar freight brokerage or whatever it is over the next five years, like that that changes the decisions you make about what technology you implement, how much of your business are you optimizing for growth versus cash flow. I mean and, and so that's that's where I think all of this comes into play and becomes incredibly important is really you know, what do you want to do with your company and who do you want to be when you grow up? Because that that impacts the decision. Do you want to be the best CPG shipper in the space? Okay, cool. Then like that impacts the technology, the way that you structure your organization, the way you pay people, the processes, everything. Yep. Yep. So I'll let you start on the second one. When, when, before we record, we talked about a few things. First, we talked about vision. The second thing we talked about to be, you know, what's the competitive advantage in the space? You said, well, tech's got to be on that list. So, Peter, what do you mean with tech? I mean, obviously, we hear freight tech, we hear lodge tech, we hear all sorts of buzzwords. And we were joking. I was joking about it before we hit record. I think that we, we see FOMO in our industry because there is some, some suggestion that some investments aren't getting an ROI. But people are sure. like, I don't want to miss out. Every, I, I was on freight waves and everybody's investing in AI. I want some. I don't know what it is. Get me some, though. Give me ML too. <laughs> so talk a little bit about freight. 
I mean, freight tech. We tend to take a really practical approach to, to technology enabling logistics and freight businesses, which is like technology should be enabling business process that's been optimized as opposed to business process and organization being designed around technology. And I think that that in and of it, like I've said this before and I'll say it again, I would rather have really crappy technology with, with a really optimized, efficient business or sales process than I would rather than I would have the best technology with really inefficient process. And I think anyone who's ever operated a business would agree with that. And, and what, what we see people, we see people get distracted by the shiny object. We see people invest in technology that isn't aligned to the vision where they want to go. We also see people invest in like, you know, flashy new technology when their core operating system is really weak. And, 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 and what ends up happening is all of these things cost you money. You end up, in, instead of your carrier sales reps being able to cover 15 loads a day, they can cover eight loads a day. You literally need twice as many people to do the same amount of work as a more optimized business. And so, you know, that, that's where I see all of these things kind of converge is that, you know, inefficient selection, implementation and management of technology ultimately costs you a ton of money across your business. And by the way, there's just that I'll put a link to the PwC research. They, they talk about all the investments and all the shortfalls. There's plenty of them. And um, I want to touch about one thing, Peter, leveraging the tech for all it's worth. Many years ago, <laughs> I did some benchmarking with Toyota and Chrysler. And at that time, Toyota was the very best. And I remember Chrysler was very interested. What's, what tech are you using? And they were using last generation's tech. And we, and, we, and they were looking and saying, well, wait, we use this. And, and Toyota's like, yeah, we've been looking at that for years. We're not quite ready yet. And But who was getting the output? Toyota was. Because, because they're, and, and, and I, I could not agree with that example more. I mean, and, and, I, and I would say, you know, at the risk of, we certainly try not to come into businesses with predefined conclusions. We want to go in with an open mind to really explore what the reality is, because every business really is unique and different. And in our experience, like nine times out of 10, we'll go in and do a technology evaluation where we look at all the technology that a business is using. And literally nine times out of 10, what ends up, what ends up happening is they're underutilizing the tech that they have by probably 40 to 50%. There's also other components of technology that they could buy off the shelf and bolt on that could fill in the gaps. And then and then a part of it too is they just haven't trained their people on how to use the technology. And usually it's kind of a combination. It's, it's some combination of those three things. Right. So David, you guys got a lot of technologists working for you, but you don't always jump. That's not your first solution. You don't jump. You're not so excited about your technology that you say, do this, do this, because it's, it's the new hype. <laughs> yeah, we're, you know, we've tried to focus on our core, which I think like what business owners always should do, like understand what's in your wheelhouse and focus on that. Don't get distracted by a bunch of other exciting things to talk about. And so we originally started at Lean. We were going to be everything in technology and we quickly figured out like our wheelhouse is staff augmentation. But we have built a lot of platforms. We built a capacity platform. We built uh, information circulation platforms. We, we, but what we've done is we've gone in and taken their core system and done API bolt-ons around it for customer portals because there's no one solution that fits everything. 
Like there's good products out there, but they don't, they don't, they're good products for your, for your infrastructure and your core business, but they're terrible customer facing. They're good customer facing, but terrible, you know, reporting. So like what we've done is we've gone out and built API bolt-ons of what the custom needs are because these software companies don't want to do that. They price it through the roof. They say it's going to be a long time to do it. And so we've come in and our niche has been to build those little portal platform platforms that bolt onto the systems little by little. So it's not a distraction and not a takeaway from your business trying to learn all this new software at one time, because that, that can seriously risk your whole entire company implementing an entire new software. Like you could put yourself right out of business. So it's, you know, it's risky. So what we that's what we've done is like do the bolt-ons and do it little by little. Right. And I, I, before we hit record, you were saying a lot of technology companies will come in and say, here you go. Here's this off the shelf solution and you don't need anything else. But to Peter's point, they might be using that and only getting 50% or 60% of its uh, you I'm not using you know, it in its entirety. I mean, right. I mean, listen, there's so many examples out there. I mean, I'll give Mercury Gate as the example. Like I was one of the first Mercury Gates back in 2009 or 10 when they launched it, users. And I thought I was going to spend 250000 on it and I was going to have the super platform of the century. And I am spending a million 250000 on it, trying to get it right and get it working for all my clients. And I was never told, Dave, you're going to spend a million dollars customizing it. Like they don't tell you all that. They bait you in, they suck you in, they get you stuck on it. And then you're stuck at their mercy. And what what I think we've been able to do is come in and offer, as long as that's, so, as long as that's that TMS software offers an API connectivity, we've been able to solve those problems by building around it. And what we've done now with Metaphor is we we brought them in to help more architect that stuff because we don't have the time or manpower to go in and spend and architect it and, and spend the time in a company's office looking at everything they have. So now what we're hoping with Metaphor, they go in and do that and then they can architect it. They can build up their team with Lean Tech and we can continue doing those things you know, in the industry, because I think they're very helpful and I think they're, they're good for everybody's business. Yeah, we can, we can project manage it. Well, one of the things we, we were talking about before we hit record is uh, robotic process automation. And I was telling a friend, I said, this is like a year ago. I said, you got to go get, go lean, get robotic process automation. I'm not a techie here, guys. So forgive me, but they were getting hundreds of emails per day inbound. And I said, you can have those emails put in a database some of them are probably need to all go in your TMS. And I said, you can free up your team. And I said, it's not, it's, I think it pays for itself in one month. I think it's probably, I don't know. I don't want to quote prices, I but think I, we actually give a bot away. I think with lean tech has a free bot that does that. Like we, yeah. we give that, we built that bot like three years ago and I think we give it away. To, you know, if you, if you don't have it and you want to look into it, reach out to Alfonso. <laughs> but I mean, it's the simplest bot to use. It's like the simplest, most basic bot, the PDF reading, email reading, you know, bot that can be built. Right. And, and, and by the way, that's implemented quick. And all of a sudden your guys who are spending all day responding to email saying, yes, Peter, I can get that back to you in an hour. And then Peter says, thanks. And I'm like, you're welcome. <laughs> what are you doing for your employees is the anxiety. They don't even want to go to the bathroom because when they come back, they'll have 92 emails stacked up. So like literally bringing their phones in the bathroom to <laughs> right. take a break or go to lunch. And they're, you know, they don't want to leave their desk because they come back to 50 emails they got to answer. Right. And by the way, we, we, we picked three, three areas when I talk about, and I remember both of you said we could talk about 10 things that are the competitive advantage, but we talked about vision. We just talked a little bit about tech. And the last chunk I wanted to talk about is the whole idea of organization and people and talent. And that brings in the whole conversation with Nearshoring. Peter, why don't you start on this one? I mean, listen, like it's 2022. 
as much as you know, as much as we're seeing this kind of pending recession and the stock market is crashing and so on and so forth, like people are still leaving jobs at record rates. It is the most challenging talent market I've ever had exposure to. I've heard from others that it's one of the most challenging mar- talent markets ever. And if you don't have a proper cohesive org people talent strategy, you're, you're, you're losing. Like you are in a position to lose. And what that means is, is really what's the, org- what's the organizational design and the breakdown of roles and responsibilities and who is doing what at the business how do you pay, compensate, and incentivize those people? And then how do you, who are the people filling those roles? And what, and this is where nearshoring comes into play. What's the strategy and, and which roles make the most sense to be done onshore, US based with W2s versus which positions make the most sense to be done nearshoring to build operational leverage and scalability for your business? And, and, I, I mean, from my perspective, if you haven't figured out the combination of those, you are, you are in a losing position. You can have right. the best technology, the best process, everything. You can have the best customers, the best carriers, capacity providers, but none of that matters if you haven't figured out your people. Exactly. And I will say this, I'm, uh, I, I'm, I'm one of the youngest baby boomers. And if you grew up in my era, uh, we'd say, well, when I was your age, blah, 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 whatever it might yeah. be doesn't matter. It doesn't matter anymore. That was a long time ago. It's a long time ago. So I think you have a lot of people in their 40s, 50s, and 60s who are saying, well, when I was that age, I didn't expect that. Again, it's 2022. And it's, we all raised our kids. David, you mentioned your kids are in your business. As we raised our kids, we said, hey, you can do anything. There's more resources. They're wealthier kids with more options than ever before. And not just kids, everybody. And I've said this many times before. I think we have to do a better job of keeping some of the baby boomers in the business. Even if they only want to work 30 hours a week, figure it out. We're going to need great talent. And I think we have to open our minds to the idea that that's a great gal and she wants to stay home with her kid half the week. Fine, I can work this out. That's a great guy. I don't want to lose him, but he wants to retire. I'll let him work 30 hours or I'll let him work 10 months a year, whatever it is. And I think we also have to open our minds to just like... Every, oh, let me, wrong way to say it. The companies that have opened their minds to nearshoring, I can almost assure you, are making more money than those who have not. But I would, I would just add on, Joe, that like if if you don't find a way to let that let that woman work from home half half time because she's got someone else will. Like <laughs> I can promise you, she's gonna leave. Like there, there has there has never been more mobility in the labor market. Than, than there is right now. People are working remotely. They're working all over the country. And if you're not finding a way to, to, to give your people what they want, whether it's leadership responsibilities or more compensation or more responsibility or whatever it is, someone else will. Yes. I know because, because everyone at our company gets a dozen job offers a week in their inbox and they are literally sending the salary compensation job yes. title in the first, it's, it's in the title. It's like, it's unbelievable. Yeah, yeah, it's changed. So David, talk a little bit about, first off, just the having, having to open our minds to new, new employment models, and, uh, and, but also talk about how nearshoring works into this equation. So I think we've shifted to a global workforce. Like I literally think now it's not yes, about hiring in your city or your 
state or from your college alma mater. I think it's we've moved to a global workforce where you can literally hire anybody in the world now. And that's what we're supporting. We're like supporting that concept and that move because it's happened. And, you know, for us to go from pre-COVID 1,300 employees, you know, in 2020, March of 2020 to to now to 7,000 employees just proves that it's happening. And, you know, if you don't adapt to that and like change, you have to adapt to change. Like and one of the things with logistics and transportation, you mentioned baby boomers, the 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 resistance to change, <laughs> like it's like, no, they don't want to change the way they do things, but COVID has forced their hand oh, yeah. to make them change. And once they've made the change now, like always, it's like change it from the flip phone to the iPhone. I won't do it. Like once they do it, they'll never go back. And that's what near shore is. It's like going from the flip phone to the iPhone because it just enhances your business so much. And give me a quick example, like the smallest little thing I go into brokerages all the time where they have you know, we have, they, they all have customers they move lost leader loads for. They're $350, $500, you know, brick loads or tile loads or water loads or canned food loads. And they got their guy that's their moneymaker. They're pounding away to cover this, begging carries to do it. Meanwhile, he's got, he's covering another load quickly because he's got to do it. Just build a, a small team of lost leaders and watch somebody in Latin America fight to break even versus lose $100. In America, they lose 100 or 200 load. They're like, good, get it done. Boom, it's not my money. And they're getting paid compensation like 10 bucks or 20 bucks just to do it and lose money. We've gone in so many times and created a loss leader carrier sales group down there where now they're fighting to break even. If they save $50, that's a huge amount of money to them. If they lose 100, it's like, like, it's like, oh my God, we lost $100. How can we do this? And that mentality shift and then allowing your, your good, your core people to focus on the big money loads here and take that work off them. You have a happier employee. They're working productive more. They're making you more margin on your better loads. And then you have your training, a training force in Latin America to build to where eventually they could do more and more. And then now you have a hybrid of, you know, of carrier sales, which you need to be competitive. You, you, carrier sales is one of the hardest positions to fill. It's like, in my opinion, it's probably one of the worst jobs in logistics and, and you're you have to fill it and do it. And so like that, that hybrid approach is a huge advantage to companies. Yep. Yep. And by the way, I should also mention this podcast is going to be edited by someone from lean, Natalie, who works, works with me and works with lean. And it's funny. It hit me. Somebody said to me, well, how do you work with somebody from Columbia? I said, I don't go to any meetings. I work from my home office. I have Zoom calls with her or Teams calls with her. Then I have Teams calls with people who live 40 minutes from me. I don't meet with them. So who cares anymore? Yeah, yeah, the, the world has really changed. Well. Yeah, marketing. And, and it's amazing the copyright talent we've gotten down there, the the graphic design talent we've gotten down there. Like, it's incredible. And, like, there's a shortage of marketing people. And logistics, you can't afford to have a full marketing department. You can't go out and spend, you know, you know, four hundred thousand on a on a chief marketing officer and and a graphic designer and all that unless you're trying to scale to a billion dollars. I mean, most companies out there like that's a huge ding to their, you know, to their bottom line when they have to do that. So the augmentation we offer at Lean Marketing is like help a lot of companies and like you said, uh, you know, help, helped you as well. And and we got it for you. You didn't have to go out and interview and send resumes oh, yeah. and the process. We just said here, see if you like her. If you like her, give her a shot. <laughs> I'll plus one that too. We have a we have a we have a full time marketing person. Shout out Valentina. Thanks for everything you do for us. And we have also done project based marketing work, video editing, graphic design with Lean, and it's 
I mean, it's, it's incredible. I've never had anybody complain when I connect them with lean. They just always say, oh yeah, that's a, it's a, it's a no brainer. Cause they got open jobs that they can't get somebody to take here. I literally get chilled. And then, and, and then within a week, lean says interview with these three people for the job. You're like, seriously, you'll interview them one after another and go, I like that one best. Is that it? <laughs> What's incredible is like, it's great. We can help clients. It's great. We can make money and be profitable. What's more incredible is we're helping people in a third world country get better jobs, paying better. And like what, what that does for their families and, and them is like incre- incredible value that comes back that, that like is makes this business like so rewarding. Yeah. And by the way, I always use this as example of, of Ireland in Ireland, they had a great workforce. They spoke English, just like the people in Colombia. We put our back office banking, our back office tech there for a while. And now they're a banking center and a tech center. And it's the, probably the most expensive place in Europe to live right now. <laughs> so they aren't the back office anymore. So Colombia and all these places, it isn't just cheap cheap people for uh, doing a bad job. It is anything. College but. educated, good people working hard uh, with yeah, appreciation yeah. Bilingual. Anyway, we, we got a hard stop in a few minutes. So um, I'm, I'm going to summarize this. I want to get final thoughts on it real quick. So we talked about the competitive advantage and it's having a vision. It's having this technology and I would say a technology partner. And then also this idea of organization, people, talent, and nearshoring. We need to start looking at, I need a tech partner. I also need a a staffing partner, a solutions partner. Because again, I think we've we've gotten used to the idea that the carriers are my partners. Just extend it. <laughs> so Peter, final thoughts. Oh man, final thoughts. Final thoughts would be that this is going to be a, like I think that the next couple of years are going to be bumpy in this space. Like market factors are a part of that. Deflationary rate environment are a part of that. I also think that Part of the reason why it's going to be bumpy is because the businesses that have invested in an operational efficiency and an optimization in their business and technology are going are, are starting to see the ROI of those. And what's going to happen is over time, like we've all talked about rates and margins, particularly in, in brokerages, but 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 rates for carriers driving down because the reality is you know, theoretically, you're pulling costs out of the business by optimizing it. And so I would just really, really strongly encourage everyone or anyone to take a hard look at your business and think about what are you doing to prepare for the future? Because if, if you're not actively thinking about that, you're planning to fail. David Bell, final thoughts on this topic. I mean, I, w- I would say if you're a lean client and you don't feel like you're getting the full value out of lean hit us up because we're in a good partnership with metaphor and we've even gone above and beyond with our clients to say we'll send them in on our dime if it helps you scale to a certain amount of people so like the one we just did we just did a huge customer we contracted metaphor to go up there with us to our customer to help them grow from five to 25 people and so that's you know it's it's you could potentially get Metaphora for free and get their advice and their, and their, you know, their, you know, their playbook on how to scale and transition your company to get the full benefit of nearshoring and tech. If your plan is to scale and to get your business, you know, as efficient and your processes and, you know, in place to be able to withstand the bumpy roads ahead of you, because it, you got to pick the pennies up in times like this. It's not, you got to watch the pennies. And, and I should also mention, I talk to consulting companies all the time on here. A lot of them are now opening up logistics sector, transportation sectors, which is great. But 
the carrier direct people, <laughs> metaphor, I'm sorry, the old carrier direct, that's where they come from. And, I, and I've always that's disliked the idea of consultants coming in and trying to learn the business for $400 an hour on your dime. Well, you don't need to go to a big consulting firm to get their division of expertise and pay overpay. Like you have a Fine. whole company and that's the best in the industry that understands it and you go right to them. So, you know, the Accenture's and the KPMG's are going to charge you a fortune to give you their experts when Peter has all the experts and understands it all. Like, I don't think there's anybody better. All right. So before we go, David, what's new over at Lean Solutions Group? What's not new? Probably, you know, all of our partnerships and the Lean Alliance we've been working on with SimTrain, which is a which is an incredible AI training tool we, we've launched a few months ago. If you don't know about that, ask us with Text Locate and Ryan Rogers. Is that for sales? What is that for? What kind of training? It does everything. Sales, customer service, carrier sales. Like we have Love a great uh, simulation on carrier sales that literally trains you know your people you don't have to you know you don't have to sit there and listen to them call make 100 calls but you know we don't have a lot of time so you know i know ryan has i mean i know uh, peter has to hop off but uh i'd say our partnerships in the lean alliance with SimTrain, text locate you know uh cassandra's company carrier shore who am i forgetting and metaphora of course i think that's right. what's new it's creating that lean alliance if you're part of the lean family like we're going to open up all these all these things to you as that add value to your business well it's just just what i said earlier it, this the industry is all collaborating it's all all getting partners and you know the reason they're not getting it just because you like to hang it's because they can all add value in new ways and that's what's going to be expected from our customers so you guys are opening some new offices tell us a little bit about that david yeah, we've uh, we've opened the Philippines to help with night and weekend co coverage because that's during the day over in the Philippines. It's worked well. We've already you know hybrided many of our clients. So if you have a night and weekend shift, reach out to us to talk about hybriding. It's working really well in the Philippines. And we opened up Guatemala just so we can expand our footprint. We'll be looking at opening up most likely Guadalajara, Mexico at the end of the year. So Damn. that's uh, <laughs> yeah, just to diversify and, and make sure we're keeping up with the talent requests. Fantastic. Peter, what's new over at Metaphora? Yeah, lot, lots of things. David, I think David's already sufficiently plugged our partnership with Lean. But I would say, I would say two, like, you know, two things to hit on. We've, we've, we're continuing to do tons and tons of work related to M&A, corp strategy, like helping people look at their acquisition strategy. We're doing diligence deals. We're helping with integrating companies after buying them. I mean, it's probably a third of the work that we're doing across our business right now. So that's been new and exciting and getting a lot of interest and traction. And then the other would just be, I don't know if it's new, but certainly something I, that I would point out, that I just want to recommend is, you know, we do, we, we do free, I mean, we offer free consulting and free discovery sessions. We're basically, I mean, we'll, we'll set up a 30 or 60 minute meeting with one of our industry experts and just talk through your business. And if we can give you some advice in 30 or 60 minutes that helps you change your business, that's great. We, we're not going to charge you for it. You, you probably didn't really need our help. You know, our, our value comes in actually really driving the change. And so anyway, I would, I would highly recommend y'all go to our website, look at the, and, and sign up for free discovery call. It's, it's synced up with our, uh, with our team members and, and industry experts calendars and so on and so forth. So, well, that's fantastic. Um, by the way, I, I have to mention Ryan Schreiber, otherwise he'll complain that I didn't mention. We love podcast. Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> He'll bitch, he'll go, what, you guys did a podcast, you didn't mention me. <laughs> so, we'll okay. do another one with Robert and Ryan. Get Robert and Ryan. Yeah, we'll do another one. Yeah, we'll have Robert and Ryan on the other. 
the other dynamic duo. Ryan can talk about his beard and all the things happening in, in Austin. <laughs> I would love that. I'm going to see him in Austin in October. Nice. Anyway, this was fantastic. I really appreciate you guys taking the time. What I'll do is I'll put a link to in the show notes to your LinkedIn profiles, also to any of the marketing assets that you guys give me so we can reach out and talk to you guys. And I really appreciate you taking the time. This is Again, this is not ex- this is not advice from someone who hasn't done it. These are guys who have done it at their own companies and done it for their clients. I see so often there's consultants out there and uh, providers who say, hey, I can do this, this, and this for you. But you're like, you haven't done it for yourself. <laughs> so, <laughs> well, the so, cobbler's kids have the worst shoes. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Well, you guys have grown great companies. And thank you so much for taking the time. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, Peter. Appreciate you guys. Yep. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Joe. Thanks, David. Yep. And thank all of you for listening to my podcast. Your support's very much appreciated. Until next time, Onward and Upward. You've been listening to the Logistics of Logistics podcast, where we engage in conversation with experts in the logistics field. For more details, visit thelogisticsoflogistics.com or follow Joe Lynch on LinkedIn.